CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. It's bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. And again, as I speak, it is Thursday, August 29th. As we tape this, Lord knows when you're going to be listening to it. I think we're going to run this one, D, on Saturday. I think Saturday morning at 6, uh, this particular interview will uh, be on the Internet, uh, ready for you to listen to. Uh, and uh, then you can listen to it forever because it exists forever on the Internet. And as always, I ask my guests to introduce introduce himself. So I turn to you guest and say, introduce yourself. I am uh, Chris Fusco. I am the editor in chief of the Chicago Sun-Times and happy to be here and happy to see you two still in our offices here doing your thing. Yes, we are. We're still in our offices doing our thing. No pressure on you, Chris. The last time you were on, uh, your show got a lot of hits. So I expect <laughs> you to get even more hits today than you got back in March or whenever it was you're on. No pressure on Chris Fusco uh, to match that one. Uh, the last time you were on the show, uh, you were... We were talking about a new initiative uh, that the Sun-Times was coming out with, which is uh, uh, Sports Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about that. But I, as I thought we, when we were sitting down, I'd say, all right, uh, Lori Lightfoot tonight is about to give a uh, state of the city talk. So why don't you, Chris, do a state of the city and a state of the Sun-Times? Sounds good. All right. So let's start with the state of the Sun-Times. All right. Uh, I got a whole list of things that's been going on with my beloved Bright One, as I like to say. Uh, sports. Saturday is it thriving is it an experiment that's working out yeah I think we're we're thrilled we're seeing some gains in single copy sales uh, I, I think the product itself is it, it's it's funny folks that aren't necessarily huge sports fans because they're such in-depth people stories and we've profiled such a variety of folks uh, women's sports men's sports uh, uh, pro sports college sports high school sports mm-hmm. where it's just it's provided a uh, sort of a case study and in, in uh, how athletes are, are part of our communities and really uh, a lot like us from, from Javi Baez and story about how he, he lost his sister uh, to, to, you know, and this guy debuted, Maddie Kenny did a pretty uh, in-depth profile, uh, not only on uh, one of their top players, but also on, on how that sort of, what the status of the WNBA is. So it's been a real odyssey and I've, I've got a, you know, tip of the cap and a shout out to Chris DeLuca and uh, his Suntime sports staff, his growing Suntime sports staff. We've, uh, we've added uh, Gene Ferris. Uh, he's now our digital sports editor, came over our way from the Tribune. So we feel good about our, our, our product and, uh, you know, folks, uh, you know, you always go through a little hiccup, right? Folks are creatures of habit and like, wait a minute, where's my news? <laughs> where's, the like, news? where's the news? Yeah. It's still in there. Yeah. It's just inside. And uh, so, but uh, sales have picked up of the actual physical newspaper. Yes. All yes. right. That, that was the thing I, I mentioned to you the last time we were on. Uh, I'm a newspaper reader. Uh, I think I'm the last of a dying breed, but I still subscribe to the newspapers. And the thing I do like about uh, the uh, Saturdays, and I am a sports geek, as you know, uh, the uh, Sports Saturday is that it, it really is something I think anyway you want to hold in your hand and read because the, the just the layout, the pictures, uh, it's like an old-fashioned magazine. Right, and, and folks that are wise like we are, Ben, because of course we're not old, 
That's uh, just wise without the age. It's a I miracle. Mean, you know, we, we grew up reading Sports Illustrated, and to me, it, it sort of feels like that. The, the writing feels like that. And when you can have these sort of in-depth profiles and takeouts, it, it really... It just really, uh, I think it connects well with readers. Well, on, on along that line, I want to give a shout out to Rick Tallender. Uh, Rick is I personal one of my personal favorites, and he's been he's done at least three or four. This is long form sports journalism. Mm-hmm. They take the deep dive. It's the articles are a little long, like reader. They're like old reader articles or long articles. Exactly. And uh, exactly. Rick did one with, uh, Michael Keller Ditka. Oh yeah. Uh, the Ditka one it, was, it was funny. Wasn't unbelievable. it? And, and was it, was it Rick Morrissey or Rick Tellender that, uh, went and did the, the cub pitcher, the volatile, uh, Zambrano who did the Zambrano story. Do you remember? Was it Tellender or Morrissey? It was a funny story. Yeah. I think, Big Z, I can't remember. I, I can see picture Big Z on the front page. Yeah. We should have said Bigger Z. Yeah, Bigger that's Z. That's what he was. He's a beefy guy, yeah. Uh, but that might have been Greenberg, Oh, maybe it's Steve. Well, that was sure. a good one, too. I mean, too. Steve's done, you know, Steve did uh, uh, some stories on uh, Lucas Giolito that were just, you know, insights into, you know, how sports intersects with politics, right? And, and it, we're just seeing, uh, you know, sort of our city, I think, reflected in, in some of these athletes. And it's it's cool to see. Uh, is Rick Tealander still going to be? I thought Rick had sort of uh, quasi-retired, but he's... he's no, I mean, so State of the Sun-Times. Yeah. Uh, Mary Mitchell is not retired. I repeat, Mary Mitchell is not retired. <laughs> um, she's sort of in that same classification yeah. with Rick, where yeah. where we've, we've taken... Uh, the the good people who have made the Sun Times what it is today, made it the institution that it is today, and uh, we've begrudgingly allowed them to sort of take a step back and work at their own pace, uh, but still be a big part of what we do. So you know, Rick's in that category, Mary's in that category, um, Mike Sneed's not quite in their category. She's still maintaining her you know weekly presence, and then you know, uh, has kicked in, uh, scoops, you know, today we're, as we walk in here, uh, she had the scoop on, uh, uh, JB doing a, a number on his leg and having a slight fracture. And now we've got, you know, a quick interview. So Mike's doing what she did. Uh, she's doing it in real time now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to watch her evolve into the, into the digital era. Well, uh, Rick Talender is doing uh, some serious, uh, journalism, long form journalism for you guys. Yes. So that's great to see. He started it. I know you know this, but I'm telling our listeners at Sports Illustrated way back when, back in the day in the 70s. Uh, and he's still going strong. So that's really cool, Rick Tellender. Uh, so your Sports Saturday is working out well then? Yes, yes. Uh, other things we're doing, uh, we've got a... Uh, this summer, we had sort of a beautifully crafted uh, f- Sunday front page in which we wrapped the entire paper, paper with one of the uh, Hubbard Street murals. And that kicked off our uh, database uh, on murals and mosaics, which is the brainchild of an investigative reporter named Bob Hergeth, mm-hmm. who has uh, uh, many more ideas than I have hairs on my head, <laughs> though that's not very much. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, but Bob, yeah. Bob, uh, you know, sort of uh, conceived this idea of, you know, hey, let's, you know, there's art in every neighborhood. And, and what, it's, what it's evolved into is, is every Sunday we have a feature on another mural or group of murals, and it's, the whole staff is contributing. And uh, what it's really allowed us to do is, is take a look at our neighborhoods in Chicago through this lens of public art. And it's, it's just a super cool uh, database. Um, 
we've got sponsorship from the project from AARP, uh, and it's at sometimes.com slash murals dash mosaics, or you can just Google sometimes murals mosaics and it'll, it'll pop right up. And we've seen nice readership on those stories. And it's, it's nice to see that, that resonating with, uh, with the public. And, uh, you, uh, poached an old reader writer, uh, from back in the day, seventies, eighties, nineties guy, Ed Zotti. Talk about that on Sunday. Yeah. So city at the crossroads, I think has been, Ed came to us, um, with, with this idea of sort of, uh, challenging the conventional wisdom about what's happening in our city. And Ed has a, I got to say, we can all look at data and spreadsheets, but when Ed sees that stuff, it, it, he can visualize it into maps and things that people can actually look at and yeah. understand and then sort of use it to challenge uh, the conventional wisdom. And, and the story that, you know, the one that has been wildly successful is uh, how there are really six Chicago's. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at it and you're like, wow. And it had each had its own own uh own own traits and characteristics and demographics and he looked at you know 10 eight or 10 uh key you know kpis right from census data and county data and it's just it's a fascinating read and what he's trying to do is really challenge the conventional wisdom that you know we're we're you know there are parts of the city that are hopeless and failing and i think you know, when he looks at that data and you read his arguments, it is more of an argumentative piece. And, and so we're, we, we've consolidated that all in one place on our website. And, uh, you know, I think as we, you know, toy with the future of the Sun-Times and, and newspapers do in general, you know, a long time ago, we, we removed comments off stories. Um, you know, I think this is the type of series where, on select stories, it might be good to bring them back on a series like Ed's to sort of have a public debate mm-hmm. uh, about about some of the conclusions he's making because it's it's thought provoking stuff. T- the six cool. Chicago's. Uh, well, I'm going to get back to the comment issue. Of, I'm writing that down so I don't lose track of it. But let's just go back for some of the listeners who haven't seen it. What are the six Chicago's? Can you remember? Well, now, now you're going to get now. <laughs> I got a Lightfoot <laughs> non-budget speech on my hands here. So uh, poor guy. That was yeah. should have been posed as a trivia question yeah. for ten that trivia points. A, Chris Fusco. What are the, the six, six Chicago's? Chicago's? No, but in general, yeah. I think he was he was showing sort of how <laughs> we are we are progressing in a lot of different areas and when you you know and in, in this past weekend when he was sort of tying in uh you know the presence of how college graduate how yeah. college graduates are changing chicago and where we have a extremely high co- concentration of that at the end of the day when you look at these things in one place i, I think it would be fun to sit down and just read them take a day and read them over a cup of coffee in the morning, go through them all. And I think, cause I think we're going to have been a pretty cool. Yeah. He is challenging some, a lot of the conventional wisdoms people have about the city and the, the state, the future of the city, the development is heading into, uh, and that's Ed Zadi. It's every other Sunday in the sun times, uh, the comment section, uh, you were saying that, uh, uh, you don't, you no longer provide a section where people can write in their comments. Is that what you were getting at? Right. Yeah. I mean, people comment on Facebook, they comment on social media, uh, they, they, they write me and uh, read me the riot act. They call me on the phone and complain. Uh, but but we've we've removed that off stories, and, and it was the same thing everybody went through, right? You don't want to have stuff on there that is offensive. It's going to be you know difficult to police. 
there are tools out there now where I think we're getting to a point where hopefully uh, soon we can restore comments in sort of a targeted way on the right stories, right? Um, and I think that'll help build engagement with our audience. And, you know, obviously we're trying to, you know, our, our future of our business is built on digital subscriptions uh, for every print reader that we know is, is marching off into the great beyond and reading the newspaper in the sky. Uh, we need to, Bam. we need to, <laughs> yeah. company excluded. Yeah. We need to, we need to, we need to replace that person with a digital reader. And the beauty of the digital reader is, you know, you don't have to kill a tree, uh, buy gas, uh, and expend ink, right? It just comes instantly and, uh, you know, we're trying to improve that experience. And we did that earlier this year with our new website. Uh, so, you know, comments are a tool that if we use them wisely, I think they can be back on sort of a targeted level and help us build more engagement. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of comments. And I, I say as a guy who gets, literally gets ripped in the comments section of every column I write. Uh, you know, the reader, you all still are... The reader went through this thing, uh, Chris, and I, I'll, I'll let you know, uh, get your thoughts on this. This is long before your time is when, when you were an investigative reporter. Uh, the reader's attitude was, we'll, we're, everything flies. We're not policing anything. Yeah. Uh, because if you police one thing, then you got to police everything. And then suddenly you're sort of responsible for what is on right. your, your, your site. So if you don't police anything, you're not responsible for it. Uh, and I could speaking from personal experience, some of the stuff that people were saying about me and my immediate family was threatening. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, Hey, could you please take this stuff off? You can't do it. You know, but I finally actually, uh, convinced them to take it off, but it was a struggle. And that was the theory and the logic behind it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're constantly, you know, whether it's the reader, the sun times, the New York times, I think we're all in this state of constant assessment, right. You know, and what, what is the best practice? And and at the end of the day, I think for us at the sun times, you know, we're trying to sort of rebuild that community. Uh, you know, we were, you know, uh, I'm proud to say we've, you know, we've grown our, our number of staff. We're, I think we're a more diverse newsroom now than we were in the past. I think there's a lot of things where we're, uh, where we're improving. And that said, we've still got, you know, a long way to go toward, you know, really uh, keeping this place uh, around for the 70 something years that it's been here to give it 70 something more. So. Uh, and uh, one other thing that's new, you wanted to talk about bear podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be taking our, our show on the road. Uh, Brian Ernst, who's helped you guys uh, in here. We gets call him the up. genius. Brian he, he Ernst. is yeah. the genius. Yeah. That guy, <laughs> he's pure gold. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian has worked with uh, Jason Leisure and Pat Finney and they have a, 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 a a show that they can take on the road. They're going to take it to London and they are going to try to be rapid response after games. So as people are Googling, what did Trubisky do? What did Nagy say that they're, they're offering some quick insight. Uh, they're not going to be super long podcasts, uh, probably in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, so we're, we're super excited about those guys. They're, they're super talented. Uh, I think, their their coverage to date i mean this could be a you know historic year for the bears we've all we've all got our fingers crossed at, 
at the paper because we know what championships mean for us yet we always know we've got to be fair and there's no cheering in the press box but uh we we do have <laughs> we do have we do have uh, uh for the first time uh what other papers across the country have done traditionally is partner with sports franchises on advertising sponsorship other things uh, given the state of the paper in, 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 in recent years, we've gotten away from that because, frankly, they're just I, I don't think there's been the capacity and the resources. And uh, this year we're going to be doing some partnering with the Bears. And what does that mean to partner with the Bears? I mean, we, we get some sponsorship. We get some we get some. Uh, well, I don't want to go into all the you know, all the details because I, I, I know enough just to be dangerous. It's what you think. You know, there's 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 a there, there'll be a sometimes presence uh, at Soldier Field. Uh, we're, we're getting some exposure uh, to to other Bears sponsors, and I think it's just another good community building uh, exercise for us. So we're going to have a very cool uh, Bears premium content edition coming out uh, on the uh, on the first day of the first uh, first day of the regular season. So it'll be unusual for us. Normally, we we deb- debut those uh, magazines on Sundays, mm-hmm. but in this case, we're going to be doing it on. Uh, Game day. Yeah. So uh, it, since we're on the world of sports, uh, I'm going to speak my bias and get your response. Uh, the, I am a Bears fan, big time Bears fan, as much of a Bears fan as anybody else. Well, maybe not, maybe not as much as Lori Lightfoot, but uh, my main love is basketball. Mm-hmm. And it seems not just the Sun-Times, but the Tribune, an inordinate amount of space is dedicated to the Chicago Bears, in my yes. humble opinion, yes. speaking as a basketball fan. Uh, is this based on some kind of survey that the paper has done or the Tribune has done on what sports fans in Chicago want to see? Because there has been wall-to-wall Bear coverage. Uh, Chris, I kid you not, you know this because you you're the editor of the newspaper from when they had their the moment the season ended you go to the draft then you go to yeah. the the, the yeah. there's like a mini camp and then you uh, so talk about this is there space well, on well, what people want we know our we we when we, when you look at newspaper analytics um nfl always does well and bears does especially well and i, I think it's got a little bit to do with you know that time of year in Chicago, there's a regularity to it of either Sunday, Thursday, or Monday. You know, the NFL is a very dramatic cast of characters. It's a dramatic game. There's a lot of history there. And that's not to say there's not a lot of history with all of our pro sports franchises, but there, I think there's a little bit less competition. Um, NFL is a short season and it just, you know, when it's, when it's on, it's on. And uh, let's face it, you know, football is a controversial game, too, you know, from the from the athletes to the future of the game. Right. I mean, we did a a project with the Daily Herald. You know, we're partnering with everybody at the Sun-Times. We're very ecumenical. Um, You know, we're you know, whether it's the Daily Herald, ProPublica, WBEZ, bring it on. Injustice Watch. We're here. We're here. We're here to embrace you. The reader. Uh, The reader. Right. You know, we're here. We're here to have fun um, and, 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 and inform the public. And. Uh, you know, when you look at, when you look at the bears, it's just, it's, and especially this being the 100th year, it's, it's a big, it's a big story. 
you're looking at the Tribune doing the top 100 bears. You, do you ever get uh, envy and say, oh, I wish we were doing that? Yeah, you know, they, they're doing, they, they, they did a good job uh, with that series, but I, I, I will have some surprises in our premium content. All right, take that Tribune. All right. right. They're not laying down. And by the way, I have a lot of issues with the Tribune. Some of those 100, the order of that bears, but we'll save that for another time. There you go. Bring the Tribune sports guys in there and give them hell at the order uh, uh, on that one. All right, let's, uh, uh, let's, switch it to politics a little bit we were talking about the state of uh, the sun times tonight uh, Lori lightfoot uh, is going to give the state of the city address although apparently it's been tra- it started off as a budget address yes. and now it's somehow yes. or other i guess she hasn't figured out what she's going to say in a budget address so she's going to give the state of the city address it's a yeah there's been so much rumbling around is it 10 minutes is it 35 minutes is it 25 minutes is it is it a budget address is it a state of the city address is it a first 100 days address i i actually seem to think that that might have been the better approach first 100 days <laughs> first 100 yeah. days like it would have been logical and okay here's what and she's you know she's gotten you know what 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 a surprise at chicago and and some people are taking a two by four to her after after 100 days and <laughs> it's tough know, city. Given grades of d and yeah. and all those things uh I, I actually thought today and as we're trying to prep for this uh, we had two really nice stories one from rachel hinton about what to expect and then another fran's off this week if you can't tell fran yeah. spielman the legendary city wow, hall what, a, what a week to be off I I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, you can tell, like, this was, you know, whatever. In, 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 the timing of this is, you know, with the first 100 days. But yeah. Fran's like, okay, I'm going to get my first 100 days story done, and I'm going to go on vacation, yeah. right? I got to get my first, I got to be here for the first 100. And it's like, oh, but yeah. then we're going to do a big speech. Yeah. What do you mean you're doing a big speech? I, you know, yeah. so anyhow. And uh, Rotor, 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 good one. And now I was going to say, Dave's yeah. story today sort of outlines, and, and I like the way he framed it and I had nothing to do with framing it. So all credit to Dave and his editor, Bill Rominski, you know, how does the non-ROM mayor, uh, operate in this sort of environment and, and the options that are on the table, whether it's property taxes, whether it's running to Springfield to consolidate pension funds, none of this painful cuts, you know, how, how do you continue to invest uh, you know, in neighborhoods when you are looking at the fiscal challenges that we are facing, uh, whether it's, it's, it's pensions or just filling potholes, you know, this is a very complicated city to run. And, 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 and the mayor knew that going in. I mean, everybody who, who was willing to circulate petitions had to know that, but the reality of it is, is you can't make everybody happy. And, uh, especially in 100 days. Absolutely. Well, uh, and uh, that leads me to this question. Uh, the Sun Times. The last time we were on, uh, I was sort of celebrating the Sun Times' role in electing Lori Lightfoot. I stand by this. I said it at the time, and I still believe it. The Sun Times was one of the reasons uh, Lori Lightfoot uh, edged her way into the runoff. She couldn't become mayor until she made the runoff, and she made the runoff in part, I believe, uh, thanks to that uh, front page. Uh, editorial well the edit her picture was on the front page the editorial extolling her virtues but really giving her prominence and uh we were saying that the only a bunch of old fogies and fossils uh still read newspapers but that 
image of Lori Lightfoot on the front page of the Sun-Times, I think, really stood out. Uh, so there, I'm saying at the time I was giving you credit for helping elect the mayor. Now I'm saying, do you have buyer's remorse? Uh, do you have any regrets about the, the, the ringing uh, editorial endorsement you gave her? The beauty of the newspaper is there can be no buyer's remorse because it always comes out the next day and yeah. stories are always coming out the next minute. No, I mean, I, I think I think the job the editorial board did on uh, on that particular cover was, you know, uh, it was it was a statement as much about our city as it was about the candidate. And it was also sort of how I think how our worldview is at the paper. And and I, I watched, you know, both uh, both sets of mayoral candidates come in that day. And, you know, frankly, we we watched Lori, I think, just head and shoulders above everybody else we saw that day uh, in terms of her mastery of the issues. Uh, she was she was very surgical in in how she uh, uh, approached uh, her rival uh, Tony Preckwinkle. Uh, philosophically, they're they're not that far off, but but Lori uh, just played everything perfectly that day, and that, and that led to that endorsement. That that said, I mean, I don't think any of us in the business want to see any public official fail, uh, whether we endorse them or not. And uh, we have to, uh, let's be realistic, the reason that we're in the position that we're in with some of the issues we've had, whether it's, it's, it's police brutality, wrongful convictions, uh, pensions, uh, those are failures, right? And, and, and to a certain degree, we as the press pl- play a role in those failures, right? How did the pension problem get so bad? Uh, we, were, we were buying the, you know, the city budget line, hook, line, and sinker that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the Tim Novaks of the world at the Sun-Times, the David Jacksons of the world at the Tribune. You know, the, finally, you know, somebody sniffs around and suddenly you see a problem. And then it's never a problem even after they find it because they're crazy. And then sure enough, years later, we're at where we're at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 I think, you know, the mayor is in a, is in a position, I think Fran did a really nice job on our first 100 days story. I think, I think there's, there's, there's some, some victories there and, and there's clearly now some challenges where she's going to have to, you know, probably do some things that aggravate, uh, a good percentage of the people that elected her. And that's, that's politics. That, that said, this speech, I would put sort of the handling of it up to this point. That's, that's in a that's in the negative column, right? I mean, I, I, it started off as something, you know. The, there's just a lot of different ways this could have been messaged, I think. And I think as we're all sitting here now, you know, we'll see. the The proof will be in the in the pudding, but uh, we're, we're sort of confused by what we're about to walk into tonight. And uh, she'll be at the Sun Times uh, uh, tomorrow to talk to the Ed Board, and that that'll be one of the questions: is kind of what were you thinking about your messaging on this thing? What do we do we really need this if you're not prepared to give us some good solutions. So we'll see. I, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I'm, I'm thinking about uh, just the evolution of the coverage of the speech over the last week. The week started with a, a very funny Neil Steinberg column uh, in the Sun-Times about the speech and how there's no speech ever in this history of the city of Chicago has gotten so much attention. And now here we are four days later and, it, and she's totally lowering the stakes as though she read that column and other articles and go, I don't know what I'm going to say, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. And it could be, that could be a little political sleight of hand too. I mean, this, the speech, the speeches, uh, she gave, um, when she made the runoff and when she won, 
And then the one she gave on the day of her inauguration where she basically called out all the aldermen. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's given a few, a few really good ones. And, uh, you know, we'll see, I guess, you know, is she going to hit, you know, nobody can bat a thousand, right? But it just seems like the handling of this, it's, it's been an evolving, moving target. So what six the, o'clock will be interesting. Uh, what are the challenges uh, that the newspapers face in covering Lori Lightfoot? Uh, I know there's challenges for every mayor. I could, I could run down a whole list for Daly and Ron, but are there any particular challenges that, that she poses that you can think of? Yeah, I think, I think Lori's, Lori's uh, Mayor Lightfoot's sort of history in the city is so different, you know, with, with, with uh, just going back to Richard M. Daly. I mean, this is, this is the Daly legacy. This is, you know, this is history. This is, this is a continuing of a, of a tradition uh, with a name that is, uh, you know, just synonymous with Chicago. And there's a certain amount of reverence that come there. You know, the Daly's are to Chicago as the Kennedy's are to uh, Washington. Right. And, and obviously, you know, the longer we got into that reign, reporters started finding some chinks in that armor and uh, one bad parking meter deal. And, you know, the mayor Daly decides not to seek reelection enter Romulus, you know, I mean, for lack of a better yeah, term, you yeah. know, the emperor of Washington, the former mayoral chief of staff, and yeah, here pre- he is. Presidential. You know. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and again, you know, uh, comes in and inherits, you know, the, the, the daily legacy and sort of, I think, realizes, holy cow, this is this might not be exactly what I thought I was being handed. And then, you know, before you know, it has to deal with any number of crises that lead to, uh, you know, eight years in office and it's, it's, it's eight and out. And now we've got somebody who's sort of like come out of nowhere, you know, to a certain degree while she's had familiarity with the press and, and reporters. And I think you're seeing some of that with how she's had to build, uh, build the, you know, build her administration, probably from a communication standpoint, you know, we had a, her first press secretary was out within the first 100 days, uh, you know, and now she's got uh, another, uh, another person in uh, Michael Crowley, who has got a, a nice, you know, more of a policy background, mm-hmm. it seems like a very thoughtful guy. Uh, so we'll see, you know, it's, but it's, it's just, we can't, we can't approach, you know, the, the dailies of the world and the Rama manuals of the world, these are, you know, almost major international figures. Mm-hmm. They're, they're huge new news engines, yeah. you know, and, and, and Lori is, is, you know, uh, she's, she just seems like such a more thoughtful, uh, quiet, yeah. you know, quieter, uh, personality until she gets angry and then she can channel her in her round, yeah, no. you know, and, and, and Fran wrote about that. Yeah. It's very interesting yeah. to see that, you know, the, the, the thick skin, thin skinned, you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, politicians are human beings too. Yeah. And how they react to things is how they react to things. Well, I, one thing that strikes me that's uh, noticeably different uh, between Rom and Lori, get your thoughts on this. Uh, Rom came in with a very sophisticated approach toward uh, media control communications uh, that he had learned from wa- in Washington that he had learned at the White House. Yeah, you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah, and every day there was a message. Yeah, you're either with us or you're against us, but there was also a, a message of the day that he emanated. Uh, and I, I, I know this because I was the 
recipient of every email or um, a press release because I was on the mm-hmm. mailing list. So every day I would say anything happened in the city of Chicago that he would want to take credit for, he would take credit for. If there was a new building, or, you know, there's a new business coming in, or, uh, he would he would take credit for. It. And he was like constantly on the run, having uh, meetings, appointments, uh, public events where people could see him. Lori doesn't operate that way. I'm getting her email, her press releases too, Chris. Either she hasn't, doesn't care, or she just doesn't have. You yeah, know, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a different, a different style. I, I think. I think what was interesting because I was a reporter at the start of the Emanuel administration, and I sensed that too. You know, it was very much control the message. Uh, there, there wasn't. You know, you call with questions about certain things, and it was sort of. Uh, the administration's way or the highway, and there wasn't a lot of, I, I think, uh, frankly, uh, solid answers given mm-hmm. to a lot of very valid questions early on in the administration. And then I think uh, uh, the mayor and his advisors sort of realized, hey, we have to be a little more responsive here with the press because we've got some real problems. And I think actually by the end of it, the the press's relationship with the mayor, which was, I think, extremely antagonistic, uh, in 2011, uh, ended up in a place where, while it could still be antagonistic, at least there was dialogue back mm-hmm. and forth. And I think Mayor Lightfoot actually uh, has been uh, very publicly accessible at at press conferences and at, at events she attends. There just might not be as much of that need to take mm-hmm. credit for every little thing. And uh, hey, we're all evolving as we as we and 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 tonight. And tomorrow with, with the editorial board sessions she'll do, it's going to be an interesting, I think, test of sort of where she's at in terms of what she can tolerate from the press. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, you'll and see if she starts uh, throwing things at you at this meeting. Will you be in this meeting? When I'll, she be, shows yeah, I'll be in the board? meeting. Yeah. Uh, and there was one other group that I wanted to ask you about relationships with, and this has been on my mind lately, the Fraternal Order Police. Uh, whenever in the past I've written anything even remotely uh, critical of police, and I don't really write about police that much. It's not usually one of my pet uh, peeves. Um, I'll get a very uh, angry letter from someone affiliated with the fraternal or police. It's bordering on abusive. I'm not the only, by me, any means, the only reporter this happens. What are the challenges of covering police relations uh, for the Sun Times in the city right now? Oh, I mean, I think they're, I think they're huge. Um, you know, uh, this is such a, a difficult subject for us because I think anybody who doesn't appreciate the complexities of a police officer's job, it, it, it can be, I think one of the most thankless, difficult jobs in the world when you've got to make that decision, uh, a life or death decision sometimes uh, to defend your own life, uh, potentially take another, uh, you know, and protect the public. And and we know it's a difficult job. That said, when you look at the huge police stories, police scandal stories that have emerged uh over the past few years, whether it's the David Koshman story that you and I have talked about involving uh, Mayor Daley's nephew, whether it's Laquan McDonald, whether it's Quintonio LeGreer and Betty Jones, whether it's the Markham case involving uh, the two uh, married officers who one ended up dead and then the other one ended up dead uh, as, as investigations swirled around the death of the first, 
there's just, you know, th- there can be this underbelly to the profession uh, that that sort of is endemically corrupt, right? And and there's, you know, just like any, just like human beings, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as a perfect human being and there's no such thing as a perfect police officer. And it's just for years, the corruption with the department sort of went unchecked. And then you enter uh, body cams, you enter beefed up Freedom of Information Acts, uh, you enter, uh, again, you know, the Tim Novaks of the world, uh, you enter Jamie Calvin, you, you, you know, you enter uh, social media with the ability of the public to immediately uh, put videos of, uh, of police doing things that appear untoward to the public out there. And it changes the equation. I mean, you know, uh, it was about a year ago, I think we went through the shooting of the barber, Haritha Augustus. And, uh, you know, we had Nader Issa uh, went out there and was working the story for us. And, you know, he's got his phone out and you could see the cops slapping the phone. I mean, it's it's those are things that that don't do the don't do the police uh, much good. That said, you look at a day like when we had the Mercy Hospital shooting and an officer, you know, literally running to respond and losing his life. So it's they're difficult stories. I mean, it's it's difficult covering the Chicago Police Department. Uh, I get that the Fraternal Order of Police is is passionate about protecting officers. We're we're passionate about about uh, being real about the tragedies and the dangers that they face. But we are uh, just as passionate about making sure that the department operates with integrity. And along those lines, one of our favorite topics uh, on our show. I think this topic may have gotten more uh, coverage on my show than any other one topic because I've talked about it with two Sun-Times people on a regular basis, Ramana Hussein, pretty much every Friday, and uh, Andy Grimm, and that is what I call Smollett Gate. Yeah. Uh, and um, D, we have probably talked about uh, Jesse Smollett's story more than any one other story that leads to Kim Fox, uh, who, of course, will be running for re-election next mm-hmm. year and uh, is a focal point of so much attention one way or another. The challenges, if you will, of Smollett Gate and the upcoming Cook County State's Attorney's race for the Sun-Times, how do you see it? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you look at at the Smollett story and it it is, you know, it's one of those stories that... Uh, it's a national story, right? I mean, just the world became international story. The world became fascinated with the base question of did a famous individual create a false narrative, right? Did he, did he lie to the public repeatedly? And for whatever reason, as human beings, we are you know, drawn to stories like that because I think they're easy for us to understand. It's a lot easier to try to pick apart the Jesse uh, Smollett story than it is a TIF district. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. Yeah. So, so we're, we're inherently, yeah. you know, drawn that's to that, but sure. then you start to enter the political drama yeah. of this. And, uh, you know, we've had, you know, the, the players in the story have grown to, I mean, I, if you would have talked about what happened with Jesse Smollett and then enter Donald Trump to have some commentary about it, enter uh, Michelle Obama's former chief of staff to now be playing a role in, in, in somehow discussing this with Kim Fox. You end up with a story that I think mushroomed, you know, beyond uh, what what Kim Fox could have initially envisioned. And, 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 and frankly, there was some bad messaging there. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I don't want to pretend I'm a, a, a political strategist or, or a political press strategist, but 
on the day that he uh, the deal was cut that, that enabled him to quasi plead, um, you might want to let the reporters know. All right, hey, heads up, Jesse's you know instead everybody had to chase, and then we're all wondering what's going on mm-hmm. and what good does that does that do anybody? So it's going to be. It's going to be the it's going to be the big issue that defines the state's attorney's race. And if it, it what's interesting to think about is if it weren't for that issue, Kim Fox is probably sitting really pretty right now. Yeah. You know, uh, championed uh, sex great personal story, right? Uh, came came from public housing, uh, great education. Uh, you know, gets elected, uh, starts doing things, uh, puts out a call for our Kelly victims, plays a central role in, in protecting, uh, uh, victims of sex abuse and setting a great example, uh, has a great story to tell there. And then this thing happens. And it's just an example of how one case, uh, can blow up into something that can, that can threaten a political career. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I I hear what you're saying because I I just had to, when I had Phil Kadner on uh, and he was we were talking about it and and I said you know I I still may vote for her uh, I, you know I I view it as one thing and of, among many and he was giving me a hard time about it he accused me of being like a Trump supporter <laughs> blindly loyal to Trump uh, but this is I do believe this will be one of the great challenges to, just. From, I'm speaking for myself, too, because there's so many passionate voices yes. in the middle of all this one uh, going back and forth. All right. We pretty much run out of time in this interview with Chris Fusco. So I'm going to put you uh, uh, I'm going to really hold you accountable to something right now. Uh, you just announced that uh, uh, you're going to have a Bears podcast. Uh, we talked about uh, Sports Saturday uh, and uh, you're sh- you showed off your your knowledge of sports. Uh, so I'm going to ask very you, limited, but no, thank you. Okay. Uh, and what will the bears record be? As oh. we speak tonight, the bears are going to have their last preseason game and ready set 2020 hut hut. The season starts oh, a week from today man. against the green Bay Packers. So, uh, come on, young man. What is your prediction? There's 16 games 16 in a season. Games. Thank you. Yeah. What I was just the, making sure. All right. What's the bye week? Gonna help, it end? All right. uh, help you out here. Last year they were 12 and four and they made the playoffs. Uh, it's generally the rule of thumb is to make the playoffs. You have to be at least 10 and six. Yes. So yes, here I'm you go. Uh, you got the new Baird podcast. So what are you predicting? What will the Bears record record be this year? I'm going to go 12 and four again. Okay. And at least one playoff win. All right. All right. And at I'm, least one. One. I'm going this 16 and 0 Super Bowl oh. champion. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the same thing Pritzker said. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Ah, great minds think alike. There you go. I always say that. I always, every year I predict the Bulls are going to win the championship. It hasn't worked yeah. out too well for me. Even in 1985, they lost to the Dolphins. That is very good for knowing that. They lost to the they Dolphins to the on a Dolphins. Monday night. And uh, oh. Buddy Ryan and Mike Dicka got into a fight on the sidelines. It was beautiful. It was, it was a, a beautiful thing. By the way, I urge everybody, to, to if you haven't already, there's a great documentary about Buddy Ryan on Netflix. Uh, and his role in the 85, 86 Bears. I urge everybody to watch it. Anyway, Chris Fusco, thank you so much. It's a blast talking to you. Likewise. And I uh, hope we'll be here together. Uh, in about six more months, we'll do it again, all right? There you go. All right, very good. That's Chris Fusco. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. That's correct.